This message was recorded on the campus of Watchta Hills College. For more information, visit our website, www.ohc.org. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people. For His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. God is good. Come on, God is good. And all the time. Yes, Psalm 100 verse 5. For the Lord is good. Psalm 145 verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Meaning God never does and cannot do anything wrong. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. God is always good. When he blesses us, he's good. When he punishes us, come on, he's good. When he answers our prayers, he's good. When he says no, he's good. God is always good. And I love God, and I also like to say I like God. He's a very nice person. God has never done me anything wrong in my entire life. He has never done me anything wrong. All my blessings have come from God. All my problems I brought on myself by my stupid decisions. So God has never done me anything wrong. And so I praise his name and I thank him for being such a sweet God. And I look forward, if I'm faithful, to see God. How? Face to face. Don't you want to see God? Just to see God, this is the mighty God, the Father, to see him, of whom the Bible says no man have seen God at any time. You and I, Revelation 22 verse 4, we shall see him. People have seen Christ, not God. And I want to see God. I really do. And so I, love, I want to see Moses. Talk to him a little bit. I want to see David. Chat with him. Father Abraham, chat with him. I want to see Jonah, chat with him about his submarine experience. I want to see Mary. What was it like to give birth to God? Ah, you didn't hear me. What was it like to breastfeed God? Change God's diapers. Are you listening to me? Ah, you're not listening. You're laughing at me. I want to talk to Sister Mary. Hmm? I want to talk to Joseph. What was it like when your wife was pregnant and you had nothing to do with it? Men kill for that. Are you following me? I want to talk to Paul. All those journeys. You know, when I became an Adventist and I began to study the Bible, I was attracted to Paul because of all his travels. And I said, Lord, <laughs> can you guess what I told God? I'd like to do that. And the Lord, when he saw the time was right, he has permitted me to do that, visit at least 51 countries, I believe, and all six habited continents. But I, uh, I want to see God. I want to have a place in his kingdom. And the only person who can keep me out is me. Mm-hmm. The only person who can keep you out of God's kingdom is you, not Satan. Now, I don't, I don't want to defend Satan, but Satan cannot make you sin. Notice the temptation, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. 
Temptation is an invitation to which you and I has to RSVP. You know what that is? All right. Too often we say yes. Satan cannot make me sin. God cannot force me to do what's right. The choice is mine. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, of obedience unto righteousness. You and I must serve someone. The only choice is whom will I serve? Not will I serve, that's inevitable. It is whom will I serve? May you always make the decision to serve God. But that's not my message. Let me get to it. I only have, well, all I need is half an hour. I have to leave very early in the morning. My flight leaves at 7. It's a two-hour drive to the airport, so you know how early I have to rise. So when I'm done here, if you don't look around, if you look around and see me gone, just listen carefully. You'll hear a loud noise. That's me snoring. All right. Uh, I have no particular, well, uh, the subject for this evening, I'll just give it a title. I am his. What did I say? I am his. Let me make sure this is off. It's dead. Are yours dead as well? Unless you have a need for them. Otherwise, make sure they're off. Favor number two, while I'm speaking, pray for me and say, Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. I want to speak God's words. Here is what Jesus said about God's words. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He did not say that about my words. Favor number three, think as you listen. Isaiah 1.18, come now, let us do what? Reason together, saith the Lord. It is astonishing that God is always the one making the first move. When Adam sinned, God made the first move. When Cain killed Abel, God made the first move. He's always the one because a carnal person cannot make the first move towards God. You don't believe me? Go to Romans 3 quickly. This is a mini sermon prior to the big one, which would be small. A big mini sermon. Do you have Romans chapter 3? Ah, all right. The front row has it. The back row is still in the Old Testament looking for Romans. (laughs) Do you have it now? (laughs) All right. Romans chapter 3, let's read from verse 10. Let me pray first. Father, as we read briefly, enlighten us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What does that say? But as it is written, what? There's none righteous, no, not one. Keep reading. There's none that? Understand it, there's none that seeketh after God. The carnal nature does not naturally seek God. It may seek church, not God. Christ told Zacchaeus, Luke 19 verse 10, The Son of Man is come to do what? Seek and to save. Why does he have to seek? Because the sinner does not seek God of his own. A divine power must gently push him towards. That's the power of the Spirit, and even he can resist that. And so God is the one who seeks. God is the one who moves first. And so I ask you to reason with me, pray for me, and preserve reverence. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, this is the last presentation for this weekend. Grant me your spirit. Give to me the humility of Christ. Give me the boldness of Christ. And keep me ever conscious that I too am a sinner. 
Bless your young sons and daughters, dear God, beautiful young people. You love them in a way that they do not understand. You desire to save them. Satan desires to destroy them. The Bible says in Luke 19, verse 10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom. So the devil seeks and you seek. Who catches us is entirely up to us. Let these young men, young women, allow you to catch them every day. Now, Father, tell me what to say and how to say it, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 1, reading verse 1, our subject, I am his. 726, I'll release you before 8. Genesis 1, 1, there's no need to turn the Bible. Tell me what it says. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, here are some quizzes. Way over there, what was made on the first day? Too slow. This side. Too slow. That side. Light. What was made on the second day? Too slow. That side. The firmament. What was made on the third day? And the water and the dry land and vegetation. I come back to you in mercy. What was made on the fourth day? What? Sun, moon, and stars. Fifth day. Fifth day. Birds and fish, sixth day, land animals and mankind. Adam and Eve were the last of God's creation. God does nothing by accident. He deliberately made Adam and Eve last. And we tend to think, well, they were the crowning act of his creation, and indeed they were. But there's another reality we must consider. Adam, when he opened his eyes, Eve, when she opened her eyes, could not claim to have made one blade of grass. Everything was already made. Are you with me? When you think of that, and then you listen to God's words to Job, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you? You were nowhere around. He could have said to Adam, where were you when I made the sun? Nowhere. Where were you when I made vegetation? Nowhere. I'm trying to drive home the point that creation is God's work and God's work. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word for create is only applied to God. Adam was not an assistant creator. Even when his wife was made, he was in a deep sleep. God could have said, Adam, watch this. As he made Eve. Mm -mm. In a deep sleep. When Eve was made, when Adam was made, Eve had not yet existed. What am I trying to tell you? Everything in heaven and earth rightfully belongs to God. On the basis of what? Creation. Now listen to these words from Ellen White. Education, page 137, paragraph 4. Listen very carefully, particularly if you have a business. That which lies at the foundation of business integrity and true success is the recognition of God's ownership. The creator of all things, he is the original proprietor. All that we have is a trust from him because we are his stewards. All that we have is a trust from him to be used in accordance with his will or in accordance with his directions. All that we see belongs to God. Let the Bible confirm that claim. Go to Psalm 24. Our subject, I am his. Psalm 24, let's read verse 1. 
I know you're familiar with that verse. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Notice the elements of that verse. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Everything on earth rightfully belongs to God. Why? Because he is the creator. Let's go to Psalm 50. We read from verse 10. Psalm 50, reading from verse 10. Do you have that? What does that say? For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountain, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Read verse 12. If I were hungry, come on, I would not tell thee why. For the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. This is not symbolic language. This is literal. By the way, uh, don't put the verses on the screen. I want my people to find them. Who is the nice person putting verses on the screens? Okay, you can put an end to that outreach and just leave the screen blank. I want you to go to the Bible, open the Bible, and find the texts. Let me pause. Who can recite Genesis or Revelation? All 66 books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Too many screens. Too many of these. Who can recite Genesis to Revelation? All 66 books in order. Come. You did not understand my question. My fault entirely as usual. Only the books. Not every word. (laughs) Only the books. Uh, It's because we learned a song in school. So... Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians 1 and 2, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 and 2 Peter, 1 and 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. Amen. Say amen for that scholar. Wherever I go, I ask that question. I find very few hands. You see, when you have an electronic device, you don't need to memorize the books of the Bible. But let me tell you something. Don't settle for anything that minimizes the use of your mind. Use this. Are you following me? And the more you use it, the stronger it becomes. I'm not a medical doctor, but my prescription to avoid Alzheimer's is to keep this in your head. That's my medication. Keep this in your head. Keep a strong mind. The point I'm trying to make, everything belongs to God. Go to First Chronicles 29. Let's read verse 14. Our subject, I am his. First Chronicles 29, reading verse 14. Are you there? Read with me. This is David speaking. What does the verse say? Read with me. But... Who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? 
Read on, nice and loud. For all things come of thee. Finish the verse. And of thine own have we given thee. Even when you and I return the tithe, we're giving God was his. When we return the offering, we're giving God's was his. Whatever is left in our pocket still belongs to God. I thought I'd get an amen for that. Listen to me again. If you earn $100, your tithe is $10. If you make your tithe, your, your offering $10, okay, fine. The $80 still belong to God. You're choking on that, amen. The $80 still belong to God. Why? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Many economies are based on the gold standard. Haggai 2 verse 8, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. When God made the earth, Genesis 2 from verse 10, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. That is it which going towards the land of Havilah, where there is gold. God made gold. And if you base an economy on gold, the money rightfully belongs to God. Your health belongs to God. Your physical body belongs to God. Go to Exodus chapter 4. Who has it? Who has it? Exodus 4. All right. Someone from the right. In the Bible, the right side is the side of power and victory. We won't comment on the left. You have Exodus chapter 4. Let's read from verse 10. God calls Moses to speak to Pharaoh. Do you have verse 10? What does that verse say? And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken to thy servant. Finish that verse. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I've got a problem. Fine, says God. Listen to verse 11. What does God say? And the Lord said, Who hath made Man's mouth. Stop. Let's extend that anatomical list. Who hath made man's mouth? Who hath made man's eyes? Who hath made man's kneecaps? Who hath made man's ears? Who hath made man's elbow? Who hath made man's heart? Who hath made man's kidneys? Who hath made man's ribs? God made everything. So when God said to Moses, who made the mouth? If you've got a problem with your mouth, I made the mouth. I can fix it. I made a heart. I can fix it. The f- <laughs> Go to 1 Corinthians 6. I ask you to read and you don't read. I can hardly hear you. Perhaps you'll surprise me this time. Or maybe I ask you to come to the mic. Reading the Bible is a joy. You have 1 Corinthians. Read verse 15 for me. King James Version, read it nice and clear. What does that verse say? Know ye not? Your body is what? The members of Christ. Keep reading. Shall I then what? Take the members of Christ, come on, and make them? Now, you know what a harlot is. Paul says, he's talking to men. You see, the men in that church had a problem with prostitutes. Paul is saying, you can't use your physical body to engage in that act. Because your physical body, come on, belongs to Christ. I am not speaking symbolically. The same way God said, who made man's mouth? He could say that about everything on your body. And I'm trying to be polite. Are you following me? 
it belongs to God. Then you can't use it any way you like. I need to say I am not speaking symbolically. This hand belongs to God. But the Bible says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That applies to the marital bedroom. I keep losing you. You look at me as though you're sleeping with your eyes open. It applies to the marital bedroom. Your body belongs to God. If that's the case, your intellect belongs to God. Historical sketches, page 285, paragraph 4. You may write that down. Historical sketches, what page did I say? 285, what paragraph? 4. Have you written it down? Here's what it says. Every youth should be impressed with the fact that he's not his own, he or she. That his strength, his time, his talents belong to God. My lovely sister sang, where is she? She sang this morning. Where is she? Oh, there you are. <laughs> that voice belongs to God. And you can't take it to Hollywood and make it a commercial thing. It belongs to God. Where is my brother Moses who was helping with audiovisual when I was doing a... Uh, there's Moses. Where is he? Where's Dr. Moses? There he is. That skill belongs to God. Handel has a skill. He's back there. His ability, finish my words, belong to God. I am not speaking symbolically. Your talents, your abilities belong to God. Your youth belongs to God. This mind, as I said, belongs to God. What's our subject? I'm his if this is the case, and God is the rightful owner of all you have, your first impulse, your first desire, your highest aim should be to use what you have been trusted with. How? For the glory of God. When you go canvassing, beginning tomorrow or the day after, when you knock on the door don't, and someone comes to the door, don't see just a potential sale. See a potential soul i was in zimbabwe many years ago well a few five and uh, somebody came to my room two men and they had a business and i said to them they wanted me to discuss the business and pray for it when people walk into your business you must discipline yourself not to see customers but to see potential souls as Dr. Shin said, when you do that, God takes care of the rest. Let the Bible show you what I mean. Go to Exodus 31, uh, 39, not Exodus, sorry, Genesis 39. Let me pray again. Father, as I continue this brief message, it won't last much longer. Continue to speak through me, dear God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Genesis 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, finish verse 2, and he was, and he was in the house of his master, the, all right, the Lord was with Joseph, he was a prosperous man. Read verse 3 for me now, nice and loud. And his master saw, keep going. 
that the Lord was with him. Now stop. Take a deep breath. Finish that verse. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. Now wait a minute. Stop. Everyone wants results. Am I right? If you're in business, your results, profits. If you're in school, your results, grades. Listen to verse 3. His master saw. Based on verse 2, tell me something about the master and his religion. Talk about his religion. He was pagan. The Egyptians were polyistic. They worshipped the hawk. They worshipped the cat. They worshipped the snake. They worshipped the crocodile. They worshipped the Nile River. They worshipped everything that existed. The Egyptian is contrasted with Joseph. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He was in a non-Hebrew environment. And despite that, his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. I want to tell you this. When you recognize that God is the rightful owner of your life, and your talents, and your skills. The rightful owner, the only thing you and I rightfully own are our sins, and God wants them. When you recognize that, and you live with the consciousness, I belong to God, my gifts belong to God, it is God that guarantees results. And so Jesus Christ, who never lied, he tells us in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye, come on, first. What? The kingdom of God, come on, and his righteousness. Finish the verse. All these things shall be added. Not if you ask. Added. There are Christians who believe I have to ask God for food. Why? The Egyptians, the Israelites asked God for food. He sent it. When you belong to God, God is responsible for you from A to Z. What you've got to be careful is, let me be faithful to God. Let God worry about food. I'll worry about faithfulness and staying with him. His master saw that the Lord was with him. Your unsafe friends must see that you're a Christian. You know where the word Christian came from? Not from the Christians. The unbelievers called them Christians. Because they saw and observed their whole lives centered around what? Christ. So they called them Christians. The Lord wants to be responsible for the results in your life. But your motto must be, I am his. Listen to Christ praying. Go to John 17. Listen to the prayer of Christ. Now I'll let you go in about five minutes. 7.45. John 17. Christ is praying. Listen to verse 9 and verse 10. Do you have those two verses? Not yet. Read with me. I pray for them, meaning the disciples. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now read verse 10. All mine are thine, and thine are mine. <laughs> Christ says, whatever I have belongs to the Father. Whatever he has, come on, belongs to me. And when you are connected to Christ, whatever Christ has is yours. As he sees, you have need. Go to verse 21 or verse 23 of John 17. Christ is still praying. What does that verse say? 
I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one. Stop. Listen again. Microscopically, I in them. Who's the them? The disciples. I in them. Keep reading. Who's thou? The Father in me. Now, if the Father is in Christ and Christ is in you, what do you have? Father and the Son. But the Father and the Son are always represented by the Holy Spirit. So whom do you have? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now you tell me, how can you go wrong? When you are indwelt by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And wherever they are, the angels are right close by. The angels don't indwell you. They are right next because the, the angels are always where the Trinity members are. You look at the, the, the sanctuary, here's the mercy seat, and the two angels on either side, the cherubim, they were built from the same piece of gold the mercy seat was made from. Are you listening to me? Let me say it again. They were made from the same piece of gold, meaning they had an intimate connection with God's work, salvation, and administering the universe. Wherever they are, the angels are right there. That's who you have when you go out tomorrow on Monday. To canvas. That's who we have in our day-to-day duties, whatever those duties may be, and there is no age restriction. My listening friend, I want you to live with the consciousness that you belong to God. Go to Matthew 5, quickly. Matthew 5. Let's read verse 45. Matthew 5, reading from verse 45. I want you to see something there. You have that? What does that say? That ye may be the children of your father, come on, which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain is also his rain. He maketh his son. Now, what can live on the earth without sunlight? Nothing. Hmm? Nothing. The son is his. He gives it to us, or he allows us to be blessed by the son's ministry. It is God's. It is God that sends the rain. It is God that keeps the wind blowing. His, he maketh his wind to blow and his wa- waters to flow. It is all God. Because of Christ, God can make these blessings available to us. As Elwai said, every loaf of bread is stamped with the cross of Calvary. Every water spring has Calvary written on it. I am his. You belong to God. Only you can take you out of God's hands. And tonight, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, live day to day with the recognition you belong to God. Consequently, you cannot eat whatever you like. If I loaned you my car, you'll take better care of my car than you do of yours. Because you know you have to give an account to me. This belongs to God. What we put into it, what we put on it, where we take it, how we use it, all this must be done with the consciousness, this belongs to God. This mind, what will I fill it with, movies or the word of God? Because the mind was given to us to appreciate God. It's it's terrible to God, I would imagine. God has given a mind to people, sharp minds. They go to college and study and get degrees that say there's no God. In other words, God gives you a mind, you go to college, and you have to get a degree, and your thesis is, there's no God. 
with the mind that God gave you. Don't do that. Use your life. Use your mind. Use your body. Use your abilities for Christ. Why? What's our title? Because I am his. You literally belong to God. How many of you will say with me, Father, help me by your indwelling spirit to live with the consciousness that I belong to you. Can I see your right hand? Stand up with me. You are not too young to be faithful to God. Faithfulness does not apply to all the people. It applies to anyone. Josiah was faithful at eight years old. Christ was faithful at 12. It is not a reserve for the elderly. Faithfulness has no age restrictions. Anyone who has the knowledge of right and wrong can choose to be faithful to God, and God wants you. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 12, uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 1, Remember now thy creator when in the days of thy youth. I was a Catholic many years ago as a boy, and the Catholics had a saying. I'll paraphrase the saying. Give me a child for the first seven years. I'll give you a Catholic for life. L.O.I. tells us 50% of a child's character is determined by the age of three. That's why the devil wants you young. But God also wants you young. You see, if a tree is growing, in its youth you can bend it, shape it, do whatever you like. You have not accumulated a history of sins like barnacles on a whale's back or turtle shell that God has decided to scrape off from an old man like myself. Cleanse, fixing you up for God is easy. You take someone who's lived 50, 60 years of sin, then God has to perspire to fix him up. So this is the best time to give yourself to God. When the problems are not that big, when the habits are not that deeply rooted, when it's easier for God to fix it. And make you a jewel that he can hold up before the world and say, look, what I can do to surrendered soul. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you that God, you are the rightful owner of the universe. And on a personal basis, you literally and legally own us because of creation. Father, we accept this teaching, biblical as it is, and we humble ourselves before you, Father, and we renew our surrender to you. We want to live with the unsleeping consciousness. I am his. My body is his. My mind is his. My talents are his. Dear God, help us to know that when we live this way, you guarantee results in our lives. Bless every young person, Father, first, then bless the rest of us. Again, I ask you, go with the canvases, God. Let them literally sense your presence with them. Let them go from one door to the next, knowing that the blessing they did not receive at this door or the next may be waiting for them at the last door they knock on that day because you have to try them. Protect them from harm and danger, they God. Watch over us tonight. And Father, if one of us sleeps tonight, may we sleep in Jesus. Thank you for loving us. When you come, save us, dear God. Save us, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org dot org.